I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. I am good. Good to see you. Yes, it's good to see you too. I'm very excited that today's, um, we record on Fridays and that's always a great day for me because... I look forward to it all week. Yes. I say that like it's only a good day for me. Nobody else knows what Friday is (laughs) and I now have to explain it. (laughs) You're the Friday king. I Um, should be. I've got my notes here. I'm ready to go even though... Even though I was a little late this morning, um, apologies. How dare you? I'm ready to go. Today we're talking about Mel Gibson, which is exciting. Yeah, I've got to say, like, I thought that this would take me 15 minutes of research, sort of like, okay, it's Mel Gibson, yeah, I vaguely remember this, and cool, and then... I did not know what a horrible person he was. I did not remember that there was any kind of controversy at all. I just remembered that for some reason I didn't like him. (laughs) So now I got to figure out why. (laughs) Uh, I spent probably three hours yesterday just sort of going down this rabbit hole of Mel Gibson. And it was really... Well, last episode, you really brought it. Like, I thought that I had this really killer point that I was going to make and you were going to be like, oh my God, I never made that connection. (laughs) And instead you just like went over it and went beyond, right? And so now I'm like, okay, I've got to really dig and find some gold in here. I don't think I did. This is going to become a competition. Oh, for sure, yeah. (laughs) There's always got to be a winner. Right? It's called life. Yeah, that's right. No matter what. Someone's got to win. So one thing I didn't know about Mel Gibson is that I did not know that he was not Australian by birth. I did not know that either. He was born in New York, and he lived there until he was 12 years old. And you know how he moved to Australia? His father won on Jeopardy. Shut up. Totally, it's true. I need another hour of homework prep because... (laughs) How did you find that out? I win. On the internet. Oh, God, what's that? It's a great thing. So, yeah. So, I guess he became famous in Australia um, before he became famous in the U.S., which makes sense because he was living there. Um, But then he had his famous role in Mad Max in 1979, which I don't know how old he was, but I guess he was probably in his 20s, early 20s. Do you know? He would have been in his 20s because he was voted Sexiest Man Alive in 1985 by People Magazine. And he was the first... To be crowned, he started, or People Magazine started their Sexiest Person Alive uh, edition with him, and he was 29. So he was, what, 23 then? So he would have been in his 20s. Yeah, something like that. I can't do math. 
So that's awesome. Um, yeah. So in '79, he was in Mad Max, which made him famous. And then after that, uh, a little later, he had the Lethal Weapon series, which were, I think, his two most famous film. Well, two of his most famous films or film series. And after that, he was in a bunch of crappy movies. And also Braveheart, which won two Oscars for Best Picture, and I think he directed it. He won Best Director. He did. Braveheart. And that was kind of his his like step from celebrity into Hollywood power player. And those are two different things. You're a celebrity in Hollywood and that's great. You can make a ton of money, but a power player is somebody who can create a film, who can get the funding. Those are the people who make hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars off of a picture. Wow. As opposed to 10 or $30 million. Right. I don't know how much actors make anymore, but, um, you know, significantly more than I'm making. <laughs> a little more than me. A little more yeah. than me. A little more than unemployment is currently paying me. Goddamn government. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I didn't know about Mel Gibson is that he was raised Catholic. But not only was he raised Catholic like we were, he's still Catholic. So he went to Catholic college in Australia, and he supposedly has a private chapel in his compound where he goes to mass every single day. Can you imagine being the priest for Mel Gibson? Uh, I cannot imagine going to mass every single day, which I think would be a requirement oh for a priest. But um, no. What, you know, I remember what he, the nuns did. I, like okay, so we're, like I'm already there. I'm I'm already at the meat of this conversation. Um, I just don't see how you square your behavior if you're Mel Gibson with your Catholic faith, any Christian right. faith, right? right? But but let alone right. this preachy, preachy, preachy. I'm better than everybody else because I have the keys to the kingdom. I have the secret of salvation. Me, 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 God in me. God is my best friend, right? Um, right. So not only like you're you're right. Um, I, I was going to say that he he goes to mass every day, but he got divorced in 2006, which is a no no in the church. He has nine children from three different women. Which is probably a yes, yes, if you're in the church, if those children are Catholic, because that's more money in the till. (laughs) Right, right. And and he's been nothing but rude to Jewish people and gay people from like the moment I think he started making movies. And um, And women, I'm excited to tell you. I can't wait till we get to that one. And women? Oh, yeah. I I didn't know about that. Maybe you're going to (laughs) win. No, you totally won because his dad winning Jeopardy, like that's a piece of info that should be just like across the internet. Everyone should know. I didn't trip over it at all. I did hit on his father near the end of my search, but also like three hours of, of, okay. So I guess before I say the vileness of Mel Gibson, I would like to Mm -hmm. preface this with, I'm not a saint and I know that's hard to believe. I've done really (laughs) bad things and I've said really horrible things and I have been very drunk and really, uh, um, Totally. You know, embarrassing. Very embarrassing. There was a Christmas party that um, I had. I politely asked the host to delete the uh, recording of me playing the piano. Because I don't know how to play the piano. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I played the piano for 30 oh, minutes great. drunkenly at this Christmas oh, party. I thought it was hysterical, but so. I wish I'd been at that Christmas party. Oh my God. I'll tell you what, I'm not popular <laughs> the next day at home. Everybody else had a great time, but James was like, I don't like being married to the drunk, drunk guy at the party. That's not fun. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Okay. I. I respect that. You you are right. Oh, so this was relatively recently. It wasn't in your 20s. No, yes. This was like five <laughs> years ago, six years oh, that's ago. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was not a good look. So so I say all that to say that, like, I want to make sure that, that we don't come across as too self-righteous here, or at least me, right? Oh, totally, um, totally. So this is not a... And, and we're also looking at all of the bad things that Mel Gibson has ever said or done, right? Well, right. All the ones that we right. know about that that fell across my internet radar made it for to three the hours. Yeah. So, sure, if I took all of my bad moments in my entire life and put them together without any of the <laughs> good around them, yeah, I wouldn't be as vile as Mel them, Gibson. So. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Like that's true. I've never hit anybody. I've never gone racist. Um, I, well, uh, not on purpose. Not. I mean, okay. So sometimes <laughs> some jokes seem like they're real funny, and thirty years ago, maybe they were funnier than they would play now. So yeah, yeah. Ne- never on purpose. Right. Like this. Um, Right, like the right, like right, this right. with Mel Gibson, um, and I'm just gonna call it Mel. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. No, I agree with you. I mean, nobody's perfect, and and we've all made mistakes and done stupid things when we were drunk, or even when we weren't drunk. So oh, sure. I think I think we can take that as a given, right? But but we don't say things like um, like he made fun of gay men in an interview with a Spanish newspaper. I think it's El País. El País. And he was like, "Do I do I look like a homosexual?" And and then Glad wanted him to apologize, and he said, "I'll apologize when hell freezes over. They can fuck off." Which, <laughs> Which I'm going to say, funny, but respect not good. Okay, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect somebody who has a very strong opinion, states it, and then doesn't pretend to change it to look Yeah, better, at least you know what you're dealing right? with. Yeah. Um, he clearly yeah. didn't care that... And Okay, so this, this is what's interesting to me. Um, gay people are in power positions in Hollywood, and so are Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the Jewish people well, who got the apologies, not the gay people. And for a while there, when I was going through this Mel Gibson thing, I was like, well, okay, I mean, yeah, of course he apologized to Jewish people because, you know, self-serving. He wants to work within the industry oh. and he's going to be working with people who are Jewish, right? Um, well, I have, I have to go back to what you said, though. Is it is it actually true that Jewish people are in charge of the movie industry, or is it something that people say, like they say Jewish people are in charge of the world? Okay, so... Is, is that like a racist statement in itself? I don't have any idea. I, I, and I don't know how you would even know. Does someone take a survey of who's Jewish and yes. who isn't? Um, so, okay, um, I don't have facts to back this up, but I will say this. Um, when the movie industry started... Being an actor and being in movies was like a step up from prostitution. It was not a cool thing to be doing at all. And nobody was really doing it. But, uh, uh, and I don't know how or why, I think it was the Selznick's, but 
don't hold me to that. Um, uh-huh. uh, somehow, uh, a few people who were happened to be Jewish ended up making some movies and a couple of studios early on, I believe, were... I should have researched this. I'm going to stop now because it's going to start sounding like, yeah, the Jews are totally controlling the world through Hollywood. And that <laughs> is not what's happening at all. Um, and okay. we're not talking about hereditary... Um, you know, I'm passing my studio down to my children kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but uh, yes, there there are... There are a lot of Jewish people lot in of the movie Jewish industry. People in Hollywood, there are a lot of Jewish writers. There are a lot of Jewish producers, and um, uh, I mean, uh, some of uh, some Weinstein. I'm going to say Miramax. Yeah, some really amazing yeah. films came out of them in the '80s and the '90s. Um, but but these are just films. Okay, so I'm I'm feeling very uncomfortable now i kind of feel like there's a swastika flag waving behind me in the background and <laughs> could just be real no, clear no, I here i do not believe point. nor do i think that there's any credibility in anybody controlling hollywood or the okay. world except for the lizard okay. people they are totally sure, sure. controlling the world absolutely okay so so having said all of that in my Theo mind, right? It made right, total right, sense right. that, oh, okay, yeah, sure. There's a, there's Jewish people in Hollywood, and a lot of a lot of people in power happen to a lot, and some people in power happen to be Jewish. Mel needs to make friends with them be, and maintain relationships, so of course he's going to issue an apology. Um, and the gay thing, it struck right. me as like, okay, well, I mean, he he doesn't care. Um, fine and fine. Yeah. And he did apologize for this, those statements that we were just discussing. So, um, like you said, he probably did it for his own personal reasons, personal gain. Um, and he's also an alcoholic, I guess I could say. Well, I sh reputedly an alcoholic. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> um, oh. But he has, has had drinking problems. Uh, he's called himself an alcoholic, and rightfully okay, so. Um because, uh, brother, I'm going to tell you, yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you need to watch yourself, you know, you, yeah, you really do. Yeah. One interaction with the police should be a warning sign. You chill out. Right. I wonder if he's ever gotten a DUI. He's gotten pulled over a lot for drunk driving. Yes. Are you, are you playing into me now to make me feel better? Thank you. I'm, You're the I'm best. not saying anything. <laughs> You're totally the best. Yeah. So this this gets into this apology parade of Mel Gibson's, and also into this uh, question of how do people who sin publicly, if you will, right, um, recover? Uh, how do you make good when you've been so publicly shamed? In, in, for right. saying vile, horrible things, right? Um, and well, we've only talked about a couple of things he said. What, what else has he said? Oh well, I know he called Winona when he called Winona Ryder an oven dodger. And may I say, I had to look that one up because I was like, <laughs> I've never heard it. Um, 
I think he made it up. I think he made it up because uh, Urban Dictionary will tell you that it's a derogatory term for Jewish people. But then everything else on the internet that I've found is strictly Winona Ryder, uh, what's his butt, Mel yeah. Gibson, right? So, yeah, I think that came right out of his mouth or he learned it from his dad. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because his dad's another piece of work that is truly amazing. His dad was not a winner. Yeah, n- no. And he lived to be 101, which uh, just goes to show that even God didn't want him. So Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, fine. But uh, so... So, yes, let's look at uh, Mel Gibson as an actor and a producer and screenwriter and as an economic engine for Hollywood. And then we'll understand just how far he fell and and what I mean, not not just so much like what led to his fall, because that's pretty clear cut, but just to understand like the sheer cliff dive his career took for about okay. 10 years. Uh, so as you mentioned, he came up in the 80s as sort of Hollywood's golden boy. He was a sex symbol and tra- yeah, traditional Hollywood star trajectory, got into some franchises, did real well. And then he showed Hollywood that he was more than just a pretty face. He did Braveheart, which won him a best mm-hmm. director and it won best picture. Then in 2004, Forbes, uh, named him most powerful celebrity he uh actually dethroned jennifer aniston which poor jen <laughs> she's never gonna get <laughs> poor <a break>. jen. <laughs> i think she's fine i'm sorry jen um, <laughs> and then in 2004 mel gibson released passion of the christ which cost him 30 million to make it was an independent film he was the director, okay. producer, and screenwriter. So a lot of wow. street cred there. And he earned $600 million worldwide, which is nice. like, what, a 20, 20 to 1 return on, on an investment? It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, he, he earned $212 million in 12 months off of this film because he was the director, the producer, and the screenwriter. And the film took some heat. Uh, the film, which I did try and watch, not recently, but uh, when it came out on DVD. Um, mm-hmm. And it felt like torture porn to me. It, it was a lot of blood Ooh. and a lot of naked Jesus walking Ooh. around getting whipped. And <laughs> just not, just not, a, just not a movie for me, if you're me, right? Not your thing. Not, yeah. not, not my thing. Um, so, okay. I never saw it. Fine. Jesus was kind of sexy. He got whipped. He was half-dressed most of the time. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's I remember, a lot there. the one thing I remember about that movie is that it was very controversial at the time. I think, I think, I think even the Catholics were against it, but I'm not sure I remember that correctly. Yes. Yes. Uh, the church did put out a statement in regards to Mel Gibson's very clear message that the Jews and only the Jews killed Jesus Christ, um, the right. Son of God. Yeah, the, the Jews killed right. God. Yeah, yeah. They, which, of course, then presents its own bucket of problems for about 2,000 years for a group of people. But there we go. Um, yes. So, of course, that's not what happened in the Bible. And believe it or not, I am not a Bible scholar. 
I know that's hard to believe, but even I know (laughs) that it was the Romans who did it, right? Right. And I'm not a religious person. I'm not observant. I don't care. I don't have a dog in that fight. Whoever, whatever, if it's Venus, if it's Yahweh, I don't know. I don't care, right? Um, Right. Give me my paycheck. That's where I'm at. Um, So... So the Anti-Defamation League was pissed off about the Passion of the Christ. Well, so were they pissed the off? I, the, I will say that, like, yeah. I, I read their statement, and I, I think that they, and let's, we'll take a look at that. So um, the Anti-Defamation League said, uh, if I could find it, they never directly accused Mr. Gibson of being anti-Semitic. Um, we do not know what is in his heart. We only know what he has put Mm -hmm. on the movie screen. The images there show Romans who behave with compassion towards Jesus. The Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, constantly expresses Ah. his retinence to harm Jesus. The Jews, on the other hand, are depicted as bloodthirsty. Um, Fair enough. And I'm going to say that some of the uh, actors who play the Jewish characters in the movie probably spent a little extra time in makeup oh my god yeah they had everything but the horns so oh boy yeah okay yeah so i i can understand why jewish people were a little bit like hey this is gonna stir up some anti-semitism and this is like yeah not cool and then mel gibson um will i don't think he ever apologized for the passion of the christ he offered some explanations like, oh, I'm taking an artistic approach and I'm really trying to get the audience to go on this emotional journey to understand what Jesus went through in the last 12 hours of his life so that mm-hmm. when the film ends, they will appreciate the price that he paid. Because, you know, nobody's ever heard about Jesus <laughs> or had to think about it. I mean, you yeah. know, it's, it's a news. It's a, who knew? Um, so... So, yeah, he did not apologize to the Jewish community nor the gay community. Um, And I did a quick Google. I don't think he's ever apologized to the gay community. And fine, fine, Mel. Don't want it. It wouldn't be sincere if you did it anyway. Don't care. Um, So then we move into the thing that you never heard about. So I'm really excited to tell you. Uh, the drunk uh-huh. driving charge, but let, tell uh-huh. me. So, as an Angelino, humble brag, um, <laughs> I'm very familiar with the Mel Gibson DUI case. I'm familiar with any time a celebrity is in an auto accident because in LA, we it's a car culture. We live for our cars, and when you fuck up in a car and it makes the news, everybody knows about it. Yeah, interesting. I did not know that. So I did hear a little bit about it. Um, I know that he was drunk. He was arrested. He was arrested for drunk driving in Malibu. And he said the Jews are responsible for all the wars in the world. Now, how did this come up during a drunk driving arrest? (laughs) I don't know. And what sucks is like for a while there, the um, so apparently one of the arresting officers filmed the incident. And it air quotes around leaked. It leaked onto the Internet. Yeah. And I tried Oops. to find it, and I couldn't. There were a lot of uh, oh. uncomfortable Mel Gibson footage <laughs> out there of 
him yeah. say, well, not footage, but like his girlfriend uh, recorded their calls. And I know we'll get to that, but like there's a lot of Mel Gibson audio out there that's uncomfortable to hear. Uh, couldn't find the drunk thing. And I, I kind of wanted to watch it for that reason. Like, Interesting. who just starts talking about the Jews yeah. when the cops have arrested you? Except, and okay, so I'll, I'll use my, my, uh, the mind of an English lit major to say, hmm. <laughs> okay, so Mel Gibson found himself in a power imbalance where suddenly he wasn't in control of the situation. I and maybe see. that tipped his brain into, you must be Jews if right. you're taking away all my power. He did ask one of the officers if they were Jewish. So maybe that's what it is. So Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately for Mel, one of those officers happened to be Jewish. Whoops. Whoops. Well, you know, there. And the other one was a woman, right? Um, I don't know if the other arresting officer was a woman, but he definitely said to a female sergeant, what are you looking at? Sugar tits. Which, <laughs> you know, that <laughs> feels much that more like in the camp of, these are things a drunk person would definitely say. Um, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> You have never lived. You've never lived then. <laughs> so he was arrested and he did three years probation for that misdemeanor drunken driving arrest, which uh, as far as I know, is that the first time he was arrested for drunk driving? It's, uh, as far as I know, it's his first arrest. It's not the first time he was pulled over for drunk driving. Um, there was one oh. other incident where he was pulled over, but he was let go. Um, I don't know if that incident happened in Malibu, but I... I want to take this moment to talk about Malibu and Mel Gibson's treatment while he was in police custody. So uh, Malibu is a very small town. It's 12,000 residents. And the cheapest home that you can find in Malibu is going to be a mobile home that sits in the mobile home trailer park. And those go for $95,000 and you don't own the land. So you can buy a mobile home in Malibu for ninety five thousand dollars. Very, 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 very small. I don't know how many uh, mobile homes are in there, but yes, you can. Holy shit. Yep. Imagine li- living in Malibu. I live in Malibu. Well, the drag with Malibu is there's not a lot there. There's like one grocery it's store, though. it's real far up the PCH. Um, getting yeah. in and out of Malibu, and on purpose, it's hard to get in and out of Malibu. Yeah. It's 20 minutes. Your next closest town is Santa Monica, which is fine. That's great. But you're still pretty limited in terms of access to museums, um, trying to think of like other drags. I mean, the restaurant scene's good in Santa Monica, but you're still fuck hours away from downtown LA, right? Right, Um, right, right. Okay. So Malibu's pretty exclusive, as we all know. And Mel Gibson... uh, was a, I'm blanking on the word, donator? Is that a word? He made donations, but financial donations to fallen police officers. So he was a donor? Okay. Donor. I don't know why. I'm, there's, a, there's a podcast I listen to, and one of the hosts is German, and this is a word that she trips over a lot, and I think oh. I've adopted her word. So he's a <laughs> donator. 
I th- donor. Donor. Thank you. Jesus. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> that's so weird to me that I can't. Um, I've listened to that podcast a lot, so and it comes up a lot. All right. Um, well, you might as well tell us what podcast it oh, is. Oh, it's uh, and that's why we drink. And hey, Christine oh, okay. Schaefer, thanks for haunting my brain <laughs> um, and my English, apparently. So, so when Mel is pulled by the cops, he was doing eighty-seven miles an hour in a forty-five zone. Nice. Right. Very nice. Super drunk. He uh, was point one two, point twelve percent. And the legal limit is he was double legal limit, basically. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So real, real toasted. And hey, was that in LA? I'm not throwing stones. I've been there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was pulled in Malibu, okay. right? So he was pulled on the PCH, oh, okay. which was a very twisty, windy road at two o'clock in the morning. There's not a lot of street lights. Um, yeah. It, you know, and sure, there's also not a lot of traffic because it's two o'clock in the morning in a, in a village by the sea that's 12,000 people mm-hmm. big. But you still have joggers. You still have people out walking around, right? Um, on the on the side of the, not a lot at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Granted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the police coddled him, in my opinion, um, were very nice to him. But okay, fine. He's a real famous perps, real famous person. The sheriff's department that pulled him over is the Lost Hills branch of L.A. County, and this department is famous. Lost Hills. Lost Hills. The Lost Hills branch of uh, L.A. County Sheriff's That's Department. That's way the hell out there. Okay. A bunch of hills. That apparently people can't find because <laughs> they're lost. <Yeah. laughs> um, but so, so Mel. Isn't that where? Isn't that where po- the Palm Pomegranate Company is? In oh, Lost Palm? Hills. Or are we talking about the town of Lost Hills? Is that different than LA County Lost Hills? Uh, yeah, Lost Hills. You. you know when you go down the five, there's an exit for Lost Hills in Wasco, Wasco, uh-huh. and that's where the Palm Pomegranate Company has their um, slave factory. <laughs> It could be. I have a friend who's okay. an accountant for uh, Palm. I'm an accountant. She's and she's a legit accountant too. She <laughs> actually gets paid to work with numbers and keep her clothes on. Um, but so this is the same uh, same. I was going to say firehouse. It's the same police department, same division of, of uh-huh. law enforcement okay. that okay. Um, held Mytrice Richardson in 2009 so three years after the mel gibson incident where mel was driven home by the cops right um, uh, uh. and matrice richardson who suffered a uh, probably suffered a bipolar episode at a, a local malibu restaurant called joffrey's um and didn't pay her bill which was 76 dollars, and she was pretty out of it uh and the cops were called mm-hmm. because she wasn't paying her bill they arrested mm-hmm. her and they released her at midnight and she was found 11 months later dead in the hills. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah. And the police knew that she was having some sort of an episode and her grandmother, Matrice Richardson's grandmother, had pleaded with the officers over the phone not to uh, release her granddaughter and to keep her wow. safe. And they did not. They let her go. Uh, knowing that she didn't have a car, knowing that they were in the middle of nowhere, and knowing that the woman was uh, having a mental health Falling crisis. Down drunk. Um, yeah. So I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, it's the same officers, but I will say this the officers that arrested Mel Gibson 
um, one of them wrote an eight-page report where he mentioned, oh, Mel said all these things about Jewish people. And he was told to sanitize that report and trim it down, make it much shorter. Oh, my. Take out mm-hmm. all the Jewish references because it's a bit wow. inflammatory. And that yeah. if he wanted, they would take his official statement and keep it locked up um, somewhere. They specify where in, in the thing that I read. Um, I'll have a mm-hmm. link to it in the show notes. Uh, but so there were going to be two versions. There was going to be the what happened, and that was going to be kept with the police. And then there was going to be the what we would like to say happened, and that would be released to the public. Somehow, news of the Mel Gibson arrest made it into the papers. Call me crazy. People like to know what happens with celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, I know it took us down a road there, but I really wanted to to highlight the differences You're- in treatment between... Uh, yeah. Matrice Richardson, who was a woman of color, and Mel Gibson, who was a white male celebrity. Because part of, right. uh, I think, where we're going to land, we'll see if we land there. <laughs> and then what happened? All right, so he, he apologized later for his belligerent behavior, and he called what he said despicable, and he said that he did not believe those things to be true um, when he had been arrested on that drunken driving charge. So it took him about two days to apologize, uh, to sober up and realize what he had done and that it had gotten out and that his career was possibly at risk. And then he apologized. And uh, and I have his apology here. So let's, uh, let's dive into it. Let's like, here's, here's his full apology. So this is what he said uh, in a statement to the press. After drinking alcohol on Thursday night, I did a number of things that were very wrong and for which I am ashamed. I drove a car when I should not have and was stopped by the L.A. County Sheriff's. The arresting officer was just doing his job, and I feel fortunate that I was apprehended before I caused injury to any other person. I acted like a person completely out of control when I was arrested and said things that I do not believe to be true and which are despicable. I am deeply ashamed of everything I said. Also, I take this opportunity to apologize to the deputies involved for my belligerent behavior. They have always been there for me in my community and indeed probably saved me from myself. I disgrace myself and my family with my behavior and for that I am truly sorry. I have battled with the disease of alcoholism for all my adult life and profoundly regret my horrific relapse. I apologize for any behavior unbecoming of me in my inebriated state and have already taken necessary steps to ensure my return to health. Covers everything. Whoever writes his apologies does a good job. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say like all the notes. So we're taking responsibility for our actions. We're saying that, yeah, hey, I was drinking, but and I did things, but I'm ashamed. I don't recognize that person. Right. Um. And then, and that was just his first apology. That and that was his first apology, which was an apology for his behavior and driving drunk. And here's the thing about really rich people, and this just drives me insane, right? Really rich mm-hmm. people who get in their car and drive drunk, buy a fucking mm-hmm. helicopter. Oh, wow. have somebody drive you. It, it, color me crazy, yeah. but you could probably pay you. somebody to pick you up. Yeah, right. 
Oh yeah. yeah. You know, I get, I love driving my car. It's great. I'm, I'm very independent and I understand people want to be independent, but I like drinking. And when I go drinking, sure. Now we have Uber and that's what I take. But back in the day, I just picked something I could get to without having to drive yeah. my car. Right. Yeah. Um, if I knew I was going to yeah, be having a crazy night unforgivable. out. Unforgivable. Right? Um, sure. It's, yes. And so ha- having said all that, I think it's particularly egregious when somebody who's made $212 million in 12 months can't afford a private driver to come and collect you from the restaurant bar you've been hanging out in all night. and. Uh, right, you know, got or a taxi. double legal I mean, limit. He could have afforded a taxi. Well, he could have even out to Malibu. I I understand the whole privacy concern kind of thing. Like maybe you don't want to get in a taxi, mm-hmm. you don't know the driver, and also you're drunk, and then you're putting yourself in somebody else's power. And so, sure, for sure, I I can get like maybe why not public transport if taxis are public transportation, uh, but private driver you can afford it, Mel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've, I've punished yeah. him. <laughs> I've shamed him. I've said my thing. It would be funny thing. if Mel Gibson listened to this. Yeah. Oh, he will. So. <laughs> I'll be getting a note from so him. So I understand he issued a second apology specifically to Jewish people. So I guess it came out that somehow came out, despite the police officer's attempt to cover it up, that he had said negative things about Jewish people. And he wanted to get ahead of that. Um, get ahead of it. And I think also given the two, I mean, Passion of the Christ was just two years earlier and maybe not even two full years. Mm. Maybe it was like 18 months. So the whole Mel Gibson's an anti-Semite sort of out there in the world, right? People had, I certainly had that opinion of him at the time. So I could see why this time he felt it necessary to apologize because he basically let the cat out of the bag. He thinks the Jews are controlling the world. Um, drunkenly, he thinks that. His father thinks it's sober or thought it sober. Said <laughs> yeah, it several times. It, yeah. Two reporters well, in interviews. Okay. Yeah, I was really excited to trip over that. Um, I didn't know that. So... So it's not hard to see where Mel gets this from. He probably grew up in a yeah. household. And I I mean, probably that's where everybody gets it from. You grow up in a household right. that tells you these things. Right. Um, and for a while you believe it until you wake up and, and think for yourself, which a lot of people apparently don't do. Um, but I think we should read the apology, that um, his second apology, because I think it's a really, really good example of an apology, just uh, just on its face. Okay. I'm all ears. You'd like me to read that? All right. <laughs> it's a little bit long. Um, he said, there is no excuse, nor should there be any tolerance for anyone who thinks or expresses any kind of anti-Semitic remark. I want to apologize specifically to everyone in the Jewish community for the vitriolic and harmful words that I said to a law enforcement officer the night I was arrested on a DUI charge. I am a public person, and when I say something, either articulated and thought out or blurted out in a moment of insanity, my words carry weight in the public arena. As a result, I must assume personal responsibility for my words and apologize directly to those who have been hurt and offended by those words. The tenets of what I profess to believe necessitate that I exercise charity and tolerance as a way of life. 
Every human being is God's child, and if I wish to honor my God, I have to honor his children. But please know from my heart that I am not an anti-Semite. I am not a bigot. Hatred of any kind goes against my faith. I'm not just asking for forgiveness. I would like to take it one step further and meet with leaders in the Jewish community with whom I can have a one-on-one discussion to discern the appropriate path for healing. I have begun an ongoing program of recovery, and what I am now realizing is that I cannot do it alone. I am in the process of understanding where those vicious words came from during that drunken display, and I am asking the Jewish community, whom I have personally offended, to help me on my journey through recovery. Again, I am reaching out to the Jewish community for its help. I know there will be many in that community who will want nothing to do with me, and that would be understandable, but I pray that that door is not forever closed. This is not about a film, nor is it about artistic license. This is about real life and recognizing the consequences hurtful words can have. It's about existing in harmony in a world that seems to have gone mad. And that's the end of what I have. Is a beautiful apology. And whoever wrote that for him, like, hats off to you because... They knocked it out of the park. Very good. That is an excellent apology. Um, A couple things I'm not sure about. um, Existing in harmony in a world that seems to have gone mad. I'm not sure how the world went mad in 2006. Oh, well, see, this (laughs) is unfair. We have 2020's hindsight. (laughs) And then asking the Jewish community to personally help him on his journey through recovery seems like a bit much. But but other than that, it's a a very good apology. And and I hope that um, when I screw up publicly, when I'm rich and famous, I have somebody just as good writing my apologies. Me, me, me. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. I'll know a lot (laughs) about apologies when that happens. I'll be able to help. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So what was the response to this apology? Was there any public response? Was anyone paying attention to Mel Gibson at that point? <laughs> Nobody'd really ever heard of him. He was an unknown from Australia. Um, so, in terms of like that specific apology, I don't know, right? I don't know how well, the reception I know that- was. The president of the Foundation for Ethnic Understanding said, The process of repentance in Judaism is three C's, contrition, confession, and change. Gibson clearly is contrite, and he has made a public confession. But the third step can only be evaluated after an extended period of time. Which was um, prescient, really. I mean, what happened after the apology? That'll tell you a lot. It does, because that's where I, I really focused, right? I was kind of like... All right, he he made that apology. That's a beautiful apology. And then what happened, right? But not in terms of like, did people accept it or not accept it? Because I think at that right, point, right. Mel Gibson was just sort of like a, a problematic person in the public eye for general. In general. Right? Um, but so after the DUI, that's when all of these Mel Gibson stories started to come out. Um, so you've got the uh, the re-release of the anti-gay comments that he made in 1991 to a Spanish newspaper. Suddenly those are making it into American press, the English press. Mm. Um, The 1995 Playboy article where he said that women aren't equal, that suddenly got... And I mean, that was Playboy magazine. That was an interview in Playboy, which was a huge, huge magazine. And yeah. Hi, everybody who doesn't know what Playboy is. Uh, it was a magazine that featured a lot of artistically na- photographed naked women, uh, but then really amazing articles. Like their writers were were yeah, phenomenal. Um, I think Dominic Dunn wrote for Playboy for a while, if I'm 
not wrong. Not that he's the greatest writer in the world, but because, uh, <laughs> oh God, there was somebody who was like super famous writer who wrote for Playboy for a really long time. And he bl- there are a lot of blanking them. on his name. Um, and, and the thing that I love about the Playboy article, and he's being interviewed. He knows he's being interviewed. Ready? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, there's a word that I'm not certain that I could or should use, which should tell you a lot. Because, like, I love to shock people and push boundaries <laughs> in a charming and inoffensive <laughs> way, right? Um, and this is a word that is very problematic for me that I say all the time when I'm driving, but only to myself. Right? Okay. okay. So. Uh, We're all ready to judge you now. Okay. Well, this isn't me speaking. It's Mel Gibson. But I, th- okay. I think it plays better as a joke if I say the word as opposed to not saying the word. Okay. So. Uh, straight from Playboy, women should not become priests because, and these are quotes of Mel Gibson, open quote, men and women are just different. They're not equal, close quote. When the interviewer asked for an example of the difference between men and whips, women, Gibson elaborated, I had a female business partner once. Didn't work. She was a cunt. <laughs> And that's why men and women aren't equal. Well, I mean, men just can't be cunts. This is known. It's called science. I have to say I'm relieved. I was afraid you were going to say the N-word and then we're going to have to have a come to Jesus meeting. Oh, man. Okay. No, no, no. I just, uh, yeah, no, that, for me, that is a word that I don't, I don't need to say. I can say the N-word and everybody can know what I'm talking about and that's problematic in Good and of enough, itself right. right i'm not one of those yeah. people and there there is this argument out there that like um oh you may as well just say the word take the power from the word blah blah no no thanks no yeah that's not our decision to make totally as white not. people yeah i'm, I'm comfortable yeah. Okay. leaving that one alone and then the c word just felt kind of childish given and since i'm quoting mel gibson he's the one that you felt like no i eh, think it's fine eh. uh, uncomfortable enough um yeah. Except in moments of road rage. And that word gets used liberally, regardless of gender. By Mel Gibson? Oh, okay. Oh, by me. Yeah. <laughs> Just so when I start getting those angry emails. Um, and so then we've got uh, Mel Gibson being Mel Gibson and just kind of going a little quiet for a few years, right? Mm-hmm. And then... 2010 comes and 2010 is when we learned that Mel Gibson hasn't really changed. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Uh, apparently he, he hit his pregnant girlfriend and broke her tooth. She yeah. filed a restraining order and then recorded some telephone a telephone conversation um, that was very long and full of really pretty horrible things um, oh, he yeah. said about her which fine a private relationship okay whatever uh, I'll leave all that alone take the hitting you know not necessary right of course duh. but um, yeah you know it's Pretty horrible. He said some bad things. Yeah, I, I, I guess we don't need to say what they were, but they were bad. And he threatened also to burn down the house with her in it, but she would have to blow him first, which 
I mean, he's a really creative insulter, but just terrible stuff. Um, that, and he, he that comment of I, you should be raped by a pack of oh, fill yeah, of the that N-word was terrible. there. Um, yeah, really floored me at the time. Um, yeah, it's just like wow, and and it's the language there that it's the word choice there. Right, it's a pack mm-hmm. that's dehumanizing, right. and it's turning a group of people right. into animals, which tells Good me a, a lot about about Mel Gibson, Gibson and his views on race. Um, he, so just, yeah. I mean, wow, I can't He's even. He's not very evolved. Yeah. So he was arrested, right, and then pleaded no contest to a misdemeanor battery charge for hitting her. So. He went to prob- He served probation, underwent court order counseling, and paid six hundred bucks. Which I really Not could enough. he afford that? Do you think six hundred? <laughs> it's like ten cents for the rest of I us. I mean, he probably made six hundred dollars during the time period where he punched her. You know, in the probably. in the ten seconds that he beat his girlfriend, that probably earned six hundred dollars. Um, oh, at least. And so, and I'm happy to leave Mel Gibson's personal relationship issues. You know, there. I feel for the girlfriend. That's terrible, um, yeah. horrible situation entirely. Um, and I'll say it. Good for her for recording it and leaking it to the press if she leaked it. Because who? I mean, I suppose at some level, if at that point, if there wasn't a recording and she had just come out and said, "Oh, Mel Gibson said and did these things," there's room for doubt. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, not for me, yeah. but I could see where people would, right? Yeah. Um, but when you've got the actual recording, hey, he said these things and you can hear him say them. Um, yeah. Then in 2010, and I I, am, I, didn't check the dates to see like when the leaked tapes and the Winona Ryder uh, stuff uh-huh. comes out. But I'm sorry. Right. We just need to, I need to be very clear here with the world. When you come for Winona Ryder, you come for me. <laughs> I I mean, me too. She's I like her. a ray she's of good. fucking sunshine, and I don't care she about is. those shoplifting charges at all. Um, so, uh, let's see here. So in well, she um, uh-huh. he he when when he beat his girlfriend, he was put under restraining order, and he was under restraining order for some time um, because of what he did to his girlfriend. And he filed a restraining order in return against her, right? So that seems like a, a bit of um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's just trying to get back at her by filing a restraining order against his girlfriend, because obviously I don't think there was ever any any. Um, Anyone saying that she had ever threatened him. And the thing that he didn't like about all this, he never apologized, as far as I know, for anything he did to his girlfriend. He actually said, who anticipates being recording? Who can anticipate such a personal betrayal? Which is what you hear from people, a lot of abusers. It's like, oh, it wasn't my fault, and she did this. And how could she do that? Or, or somebody who's cheating, and you find out by looking at their phone, and they're like, how dare you go into my phone? It's you know, trying to deflect, and everything is everyone denial, else's denial, fault. Denial, denial, unbelievable. Right? And, yeah. and these are, I mean, I don't know a lot about alcoholism as, as a disease, a mental illness, or the, the things that, that go into it, but... I think I do know that 
shifting blame onto other people for your actions is probably a hallmark of alcoholism, right? Um, I think certainly not taking responsibility for your own actions is definitely. Oh, he's totally the victim. And everything he said since 2010 that I found online uh, is. Sure, yeah, this thing did kind of happen, but, you know, it shouldn't have happened, and I'm the victim. Poor me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, there was something that he said about how, uh, well, it's un- it's unfair that he's recorded, and um, he's he guesses he's just sort of the human being who's not allowed to have a nervous breakdown. Right. You know? Exactly. Ridiculous. Um so in 2010, which I'm going to assume happens after the girlfriend tapes are released, uh, but mm-hmm. but I don't know that. I mean, maybe it was before. Um, Winona Ryder, in an interview with GQ, recounts a story that happened in 1995. So the incident takes place in 1995, but she's telling it in 2010. And she mentions mm-hmm. that she was at a big Hollywood party and he was really drunk and he came up to her and a group of her friends and uh, made a comment about catching AIDS from her gay friend who was her uh, friendly date for this function. Um, and then he said something about oven dodgers, which is a comment that she'd never heard before so she sort of Mm -hmm. she said she didn't really get it at the time but something had come up about her being jewish and mel gibson said oh you're not an oven dodger are you and that sort of didn't register with her in the moment as anti-semitic i suppose um and so uh yeah yeah that's um, pretty harsh pretty horrible and the so this news story comes out in GQ magazine and it comes out about three months before Gibson's uh, newest film, The Beaver, was going to be released. And this was a Jodie Foster vehicle. Yeah, The Beaver. (laughs) I know. I don't remember that one. And Jodie Foster. (laughs) I mean, wow. I'm not writing these jokes that are in your head. They're writing themselves. No. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. the film titles The Beaver. And it's about a depressed CEO of a toy company. Uh, and that's sort of all I know about it. Except I did Sounds a little awful. bit of Googling because I was like, uh-huh. I've never heard of this Jodie Foster movie. She's in it. It's Jodie Foster and uh, Mel Gibson. Wow. And once upon a time, that would have been the number one trending Christmas movie for the year. Like we sure. all would have seen it. I, I don't even know that it was a sure. Christmas movie. Um, I I mean, it seems like it should be because it's got toys in it. Uh, And the reviews in general, pretty positive. So here's one of the reviews of The Beaver. Um, And this is written by imelneck999 on (laughs) March 18th. Now that I read that, I'm like, critic. is Mel Gibson going on to IMDb and writing reviews? Right. Uh, so here's the review, which I thought was interesting because it, it leads to this area that I, that I want to discuss. Um, although it's difficult to watch Mel Gibson now without the backdrop of alcoholism, abuse, bigotry, rants, and disappointment, 
This role may actually be the perfect role for him to reappear on the screen with sympathy and hope of redemption. He plays this role perfectly, and the viewer is sucked into the emotion and distress of all the characters dealing with their own challenges. It's a beautiful movie with a powerful message. Some have criticized Jodie Foster's directing, but I found the film to be very balanced with the right amount of comedy and tragedy. I love the camera work and editing, especially with the beaver as its own character. I like the secondary storyline, blah, 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 Mel Gibson. Uh, I have not changed my personal opinion of Mel Gibson at all. The movie does make you very sympathetic towards families dealing with crisis, including his own. And as an actor, he pulls off a very difficult role. Okay, so a couple of things within that, right? I think you and I have had the conversation about can you separate the artist from the art? And while I might say, make allowances for Picasso because I'm not seeing Picasso's face in his paintings, right? Right. Um, Mel Gibson, when I'm watching you on the screen, I'm seeing you and I'm thinking about you. So nobody is saying that Mel Gibson isn't talented, of course, because you don't make $600 million off of one movie if you're not talented, if you're the writer, the director, and the producer. Um, I think you might be able to, but we will argue that another time. Okay, because, all right, cool, you're on. (laughs) I'll go to the map for Mel on that one. Um, Okay. But, uh, so in that, it's like, all right, it is kind of difficult to, for me, if I'm watching an actor, to separate the actor's personal life from their on-screen performance. It, It takes a really special actor for like a Meryl Streep. I watch a Meryl Streep, a Meryl Streep, Jesus, I watch Meryl Streep in any movie and quickly I forget it's Meryl Streep. Yeah, right? I, I fall into the film. Um, and right. then every now and then I think like, God, Meryl Streep's so good. Um, <laughs> and Sarah Paulson, going to say that too, right? Um, and Judy Dench. Yeah, okay. I love Judy I'll, Dench. I'll give you that. Uh, sure. She's so good. Oh, Judy Dench anyway. is good. And you're right. I do forget <laughs> yeah. that it's Judy Dench after a while. After a while. Yeah. Um, so, redemption. Yes. Horrible things are said and done by somebody. And their actions let you know. I mean, at least as far as I'm concerned with Mel Gibson and, and everything that I've seen online, in my personal opinion, it hasn't changed. Uh, right. see a lot of good coming out of what he says, right? I understand he's done some charitable work, and I understand he's made some financial donations uh, to some Jewish organizations, and some of those... Has he? He has. Um, there's a, Are they significant donations? Well, uh, let's see if we can find Allison Hope Wiener. Yes. Um, and we're moving into this area uh, in redemption. Um, so, may as well. Okay. So, Mel Gibson, horrible and vile things. He's apologized. No, don't mm-hmm. accept it because I, I don't see any change in behavior. Um, right. But we, could, we can correlate Mel Gibson with C.K. Lewis and... Sort of maybe Harvey Weinstein um, in these rich and powerful men who have done 
horrible, stupid, vile things, right? Now, some okay. of those people uh, worse than Mel Gibson, because I mean, I not, I mean, hmm, are they worse? This is hard, right? Because Weinstein's uh, is he convicted rapist? I do not know. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's been convicted, but certainly accused, right? And I don't know that yeah. anybody's accused Mel Gibson of of rape. Um, I don't think so. I, it hasn't didn't come up on my internet search, uh, so yeek. But, but okay, so so I'll I'll step away from all of the like Harvey Weinstein stuff because that's super loaded, and and, mm-hmm. I, and I totally get that, right? Um, but. How do you build back a road to redemption if you're not willing to change your behavior, right? Because the yeah. road to redemption is just yeah. paved with change your fucking behavior. Right. I agree. Right? I agree completely. Um, and so there seems to be a roadmap. And the roadmap is, first of all, you don't really talk about what you did. You don't really address it in the press. You do interviews with friendly press. Uh, as an example of this, Mel Gibson has a friendly relationship with a journalist named Allison Hope Wiener. She happens to write for a media company that he has a large ownership in. So he's kind of her boss in a very indirect way. And she wrote an article in... I think it was 2014, about why it's time to kind of forgive Mel Gibson. She knows him personally. Mm. She knows that he's not a bigot. He's a really nice guy. He's never been a jerk to me. He's never been mean to her, right? Uh, (laughs) She does say, I I skimmed the article. I didn't read it. Um, Mm -hmm. She does say that, yeah, when he's drunk, he can be very angry and he can be hurtful. And he can look for the thing yeah. that's going to shock and provoke you, right? Uh, yeah. But she, and this is the part that that I caught. Um, she does uh, say that he's, uh, he donates money anonymously to Jewish charities, and she specifically lauds his secrecy, which she says is in keeping with one of the highest forms of, uh, I'm going to get this pronunciation wrong, Sedeca in the Jewish faith. Um, giving when the recipient doesn't know your identity, mm, right? Right. Well, right. thanks, Allison, for right. letting everybody know that Mel Gibson is donating right. secretly to Jewish charities. Um, and he fucking should. Sorry. He totally should. Yeah, but he's he's failing in doing it secretly. Uh, well, I mean, somebody wants people to know, right? So Somebody wants credit. So your first step to getting back into good graces is you don't engage with the press in your bad behavior, right? You don't talk about your scandals. Mm -hmm. You do your Mm -hmm. interviews with friendly uh, journalists. Then you let your friends talk for you. Mm. Then you allow time to elapse. And then your fourth step back in is you do things behind the scenes. You don't star in a movie. You don't write a book. You don't do a stand-up performance. You help somebody else do it. You get involved with the production. And then you get Mm. some credit, some awards Mm -hmm. even for that. Mm -hmm. So 
in 2016, 2016, 2017, Mel Gibson stepped back into... Uh, Hollywood limelight and received an Oscar nomination for best director with Hacksaw Ridge. Um, mm. Now, don't know if he won that. Feels now that I'm talking about it, I'm like I should have should have looked that up, but I don't think he did because I did watch the Oscars that year, and I did see Mel Gibson sitting in his seat, looking very, in my opinion, smug, um, very yeah. pleased with himself to be there. Um, uh, I wanted to see how other people were looking at him and dealing with him because I knew he was going to be there. Uh-huh. Um, right. And because, I mean, that that was sort of the, the thing at the Oscars. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was kind of like the, oh, shit, what kind of an industry are we if this man is nominated for something? Right. It seemed like Mel Gibson would be small potatoes as, as far as being an obnoxious um, racist, sexist asshole in the movie industry would be. I mean, as bad as he is, you know, like you were just saying, there's a lot worse. Yeah, uh, I mean, yep, there, there is, there are, there are a lot worse. Um, but okay, so step four within this is uh, doing things on the sidelines, not not making yourself center of the attention. Uh, and I pulled all of that straight from an amazing Vox article that we will link to in the show notes that encapsulates the whole history, the scandals, uh, and people's feelings about the, the various scandals in a great way, and then presents this, uh, this roadmap for other people to follow in the Me Too movement, uh, men who have been, air quotes around, taken down by the Me Too movement. Uh, and then I added my mm-hmm. own. And step five is you got to be a money generator. Uh, I see. You earn money for the man, you will be forgiven for any and everything. That's true in business, too. It is. It's true. Full stop. True the world over. Yeah. It's a horrible world that we live in every week. I discovered just how bad it really is. Oh, man. You got to remember there are good people. I have to remind myself of that every day. There are good people in the world that do good things. There are great people in the world. Um, we are two of them. We might be the best people we in are. the world. <laughs> By the way, at this point, I have to remark on your shirt. You have a 100% shirt for Apologies Accepted, which is our first bit of merch, and it's available through our website. So um, it, it looks great on you. You look fantastic, and it would look good on anyone. So I recommend that everyone buy one. I feel so great wearing this. And let me tell you that this morning I went to the grocery store to get a can of Red Bull uh, because mm-hmm. we were out and it was very early in the mm-hmm. morning in the grocery store. I don't like going into the 7-Eleven at like five o'clock in the morning because it's just sort of like, one, it's really cold and two, <laughs> it's real sad. Um, at Depressing. 5 a.m., it's just not a good time to be in the 7-Eleven. And hats off to all the workers in the 7-Elevens at 5 a.m. Because I know it sucks Yay. in there at that time of the morning. So I go to the grocery store, the one that's open. And, uh, yeah, I got some looks. I didn't get any apologies. Oh, darn it. But that's all right. I was not feeling sorry when I wore it. Okay, enough about <laughs> you're much better at the at the merchandise mentions <laughs> obviously shameful I'll keep mentioning it until someone buys one so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I love it and I will be wearing I it all one. day long awesome 
Okay, so... So Mel Gibson has started making money again? Mel Gibson has started making money for Hollywood again and for himself. Hacksaw Ridge? Did you see Hacksaw Ridge? No, it's just definitely not the kind of movie I I would watch. I don't even know what it is. And also, it's a Mel Gibson movie. And sorry, but I just will never be watching a Mel Gibson movie again. Past, present, or future. Um, It's something I can live without in my world. It's fine. Same. And I can't imagine that there would ever be a Mel Gibson vehicle. He may fund something that gets produced that I watch accidentally, right? But uh, when I can avoid it, I will. And um, I hold a grudge, for sure. Like, to this day, I don't drink Coors beer. That's been 40 years, easily. Uh, I don't buy Berea pasta. Still don't buy Berea pasta. Nobody on the planet What's remembers the What's to do with the Berea pasta? Oh, uh, the, the very rich, very handsome son slash owner of the family-owned Berea pasta basically said that their pasta is great and it's good for families. Gay people don't have families, so gay people don't need to buy our pasta. And you know what, Berea? Three times a week I ate pasta, but not yours. I'm not going to eat it anymore either. Screw them. I've got to t- And uh, Dolce and Gabbana, although I don't buy your clothing because it's very expensive <laughs> and yeah. not flattering for me. Um, what have uh, they done? Oh, same thing. The Italians. Oh, God, here I go. I'll be apologizing oh, for Italian. this statement later. Oh, no. <laughs> you mean the Catholics? The, wasn't that all That's Italians? That's all the Catholics we want. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm fishing for controversy because, you know, that's that's how you build your listenership. That's right. Um, Let's get the, the chat room going with a controversy. Oh, Jesus, no. Yeah. I've, no thanks. Okay, so jokes, everybody jokes. But, um, yeah, they, uh, they themselves said that they are uh, traditional Italians and they believe in the traditional Italian family, which is a mother, a father, and children, um, and not... A father and father and kids or a mother and mother and kids because, you know, those could never be real families. And they are both gay. So That's insane. I know. They're gay with each other, too. I think they're a couple or they were a couple. Really? Yeah. Can you be gay alone? I don't know. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, not touching that. Get it? Um. (laughs) All right. Um, So I don't accept his apology. I know you don't accept his apology. Certainly not. No, if if he had, if he had. So what the rabbi said from the Foundation for Ethnic Understanding about the process of repentance in Judaism, but perhaps in the real world, um, not that Judaism isn't the real world, the rest of the world is... um, uh, consists of three C's: contrition, confession, and change. I think you have to be you have to be authentically contrite. You have to make a confession, whether that's to whatever God you may or may not believe in, or to the public, or to the person you wronged, or whatever. And change, and the change is the important part. You can't just go through life apologizing every time you do something and then do it again ten minutes later. So Mel Gibson has has not. I'm what? excited to tell you, you can if you're Catholic. 
Well, you can if you're Catholic, you can go to but confession not in my and opinion. Then it's fine. <laughs> you can go to confession every day and confess and then do it again as long as you confess. Now, I think there's probably something in the Catholic religion that says you can't keep doing the same thing over and over. But, but anyway, um, that aside, someone, a priest can probably write to us and tell us whether or not we're right on that. Um, I'll get ready. I don't think Mel Gibson has changed, so, so he does not, um, I do not accept his apology. No. Same. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Mel. All right. Good luck. Better luck next time. Um, yeah. Change your life. Come back. Yeah. Okay. So are there apologies you are accepting? Who's sorry now? So the only apology that I am owed is that um, I have just wrapped up a, um, I'm a project manager in real life, and I have just wrapped up a big project. And as part of that um, project, um, we do what some people call lessons learned, but I don't like that term. So I call it a project closure questionnaire or something like that, um, a project closure assessment. And um, I did my project closure assessment um, this time uh, by sending out a survey as a preliminary to a meeting where we talk about the responses. And I got a, a survey response back in which someone gave me a four out of five in something. And I think they deserve, an, uh, I deserve an apology for that because I deserve a five. <laughs> I agree. You deserve a five. <laughs> How dare they give me a four? It's going to bring down my stats because almost everyone else gave me um gave me a five. One person gave uh, the project a one for something, which I'm going to completely ignore because that's obviously a typo. Oh, yeah, they meant a 10. The system yeah. just wouldn't allow they for the a zero. <laughs> it's a one oh, not an oh one. <laughs> 10 out of five. So that's nuts. 10 out of five. Yay. Um, so what about you? Who owes you an apology or do you owe someone an apology? I always owe somebody an apology. I mean, it's just the world I live in. It's how how I'm wired. So, yes, I, I can even think of people like from the first grade, I probably owe an apology to. Um, oh, God. Yeah. I should have an answer for this. And and I don't. And I know that this is a segment. Well, um, while you're thinking about mm -hmm. it, I have another apology for something that I said in this very podcast. Oh. So this is an apology that I owe. And what I said was that the Palm Factory has a slave factory. The Palm Company has a slave factory in Wasco Lost Hills. And I apologize for using the word slave because I know some people are rightfully very sensitive about that term being used for anything except slavery itself. And while the Palm Factory may probably does not engage in legal slavery, um, what they do is definitely... Um, legally and ethically questionable. It's probably uh, incorrect of me and and um, inappropriate of me to have used the word slave. So I apologize for that. I say good catch. That was great. Thank you. Um, didn't even hit my radar when you said it. And I should be a little more politically sensitive when there's a microphone recording things that we're saying and doing. Uh, well, you know, growing up as we did as you know, white people, um, there's a lot that gets by us, I think, mm -hmm. that doesn't get by other people who have to live differently than we do. So it's hard. Uh, I didn't even learn that about that word until relatively recently, so within the last 10 years or so. so oh, easily. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough, but we've got um, to we've we've pick it up and try and be more, what's the word? Cognizant? Uh, cognizant, thank you. Um, 
or more whole world holistic. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's loads of words. Um, yeah, it's tough. And uh, plenty of opportunity to explore those words in future episodes. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna screw up countless times. Yeah. Uh, so I can't believe no, you don't. No one owes you an apology for this week. I not even James. <laughs> I mean, probably maybe, but um, I just am on the spot now. I can't think of anybody or anything. Um, who and what pissed me off or who did I make angry or sad? Um, I do have an apology that I would like to make and the, uh, well, it's minor, it's heartfelt. So Mm -hmm. I am apologizing to my niece, uh, my niece Taylor, whose name I can Mm -hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my apology is that I will not hold her baby and she understands, but I can also you won't hold her tell baby? that it is hurtful. Yes. So there's two reasons why I will not hold um, yeah. my grand nephew. Right. What's his uh, name? His name is Camden. So, okay, nice. Reason number one, and she's spelling it wrong. It's K A Y M D E N, not after like Camden Circus. Okay. I was real excited when she said Camden, Camden New Jersey. <laughs> Yay, that's great. That's so British. Hurrah. Yeah, no, different spelling. So, uh, yes, I will not hold little Camden, and two reasons. The first one's COVID, but even absent COVID. Um, Right. I don't like holding babies because I'm afraid I'm going to okay. drop them. And there's this totally. part of that, uh, the touch of OCD that I have where I have yes. these uh, intrusive thoughts. And I thought they were just me. I thought I was the weird sicko on the planet who every now and then would be like, oh, look over the railing. I'll bet you if you jumped, you'd hit the ground real hard and die. You wouldn't do that. I bet yes, if you, you threw would. that baby over the railing. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. So so when I am holding babies, I will sometimes think, I don't want to drop it. But if I did, it goes splat. And, <laughs> and I don't like those <laughs> thoughts and those feelings. Of so, course not. And it's not a feeling yeah. like I'm going to. I have to hold myself back from doing no, it. No, I understand. I'm a very caring, loving person. It's just it occurs yes. to me that I could. And the fact that yes. it occurs to me at all is like, you're a fucking sicko. Who thinks that? <laughs> this is a baby. No, a lot of people are like that. I, a lot of people hate kids too. So I I hate kids. That's why I won't hold them. I'm, I'm not a fan. I I mean, you know, kids are great. <laughs> I, I love their inquisitiveness and their... Uh, the way they look at the world and all that kind of stuff, but like, mm, eh, not really. Did you hold Taylor when she was a baby? I did hold Taylor when she was a baby, but um, she was probably six months. Uh, Camden's still still a newborn. It's not even two months yet. Oh, um, a tiny baby. Yeah. Yeah, and it was different holding. Uh, Taylor, because in those days, we had backpacks that you put babies in. So she kind of rode on my back. And that was fine. It was never in my arms. And it's the arms thing that like, yeah. Yeah. So... So Taylor, I I know that it feels a little hurtful that I that I won't, and please understand that there there are great reasons why. Yeah, if you're I think those are good reasons. 
Yeah, so that's that would be my my apology. Um, yeah, and uh, there we are. I feel like I don't have enough to do with my uh, my cousin's kids, and it's really because I'm not interested in children. Um, I'm interested in her children, but it's difficult for me for some reason. The whole children Same. thing. I kids yeah. kids are fine, but other people's kids are their joy, but they're not my joy. Yeah. Right. Right. And so the kids I'm related to, I'm more interested in those kids than I am in kids in general. But even those kids, Mm -hmm. it's like, can you carry a martini? Do you know how to make a gin and tonic? (laughs) No? That's right. Okay, go watch TV. Yeah. Disney Channel was invented for a reason. And it's to keep kids (laughs) away and occupied. So what should we talk about next week? I had the idea of talking about um, the JetBlue apology. I know nothing about it, so I'm I'm all on board with that. That sounds great. Okay. Okay. I can't wait to find that out what be... do they do? Was I on that flight? <laughs> Were you thrown off that flight? I don't think you've ever been thrown off a plane, have you? No, I haven't been. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's never too late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, JetBlue's the one where that uh, flight attendant jetted off. Oh, was that JetBlue? He blew up the the escape hatch and the slide. Jetted down. Fuck you, bitches! I quit. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was JetBlue. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I don't think that was what the apology was for, but um, I know there was an apology and it's worthy of our discussion. So we'll talk about that next time. All right, cool. I can't wait to uh, get in there and find out what was going on. All right. And have some opinions. So I think that's it for this, for this week. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>